You're listening to Teaching from Midtown Fellowship, a Jesus-centered family on mission in Columbia, South Carolina. If you're interested in finding out more about us, our family of churches, or how to partner with us, go to midtowncolumbia.com. Hey, Midtown family. Welcome to our new normal. I'm here in an empty auditorium, and I wish that you were with me, and I wish I was looking at your beautiful faces, but instead I'm staring at a camera. And I don't know how long that we'll be doing this, but we're going to uh, continue to push forward. And if I can, I even want to try to give us a little bit of encouragement this morning and talk about the situation that we find ourselves in. And so I'd love to ground it in James chapter 4. So if you have a Bible somewhere nearby or maybe on a device, turn to James chapter 4. I just want to look at a few verses that have come to life for me in the past few days with all that's happening all around us. Let me read for us James chapter 4, 13 through 16. Here's what James says. He says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. So these were words that were written by James, the brother of Jesus, somewhere around 2,000 years ago. And suddenly the entire world is realizing just how true they are. He says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Have you ever in your life felt that be more true than in the past 10 days? I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. It seems like every day another drastic change happens. At this point, almost every part of what we would consider normal life is gone or has changed dramatically. Uh, Experts are saying that the coronavirus pandemic is the worst outbreak since the 1918 Spanish flu. And we don't know what the end results are going to be from all of this. We don't know everything there is to know about the virus itself. We're still finding out more every day, it seems. What we do know is that for some of us, it is very life-threatening. So there's this, this constant invisible threat that hangs over us for us to worry about and be on the lookout for and then for everyone, we don't want to unknowingly pass it on to other people who we care about and we don't know who has it and who's been in contact with who has it and the symptoms are delayed so we might have it and it's just so much uncertainty and it creates a haunting recipe. And then, not as serious but still significant are all the changes to, to our lives that we're going through. So I know for some of us, we're working from home and maybe our responsibilities at, at our, in our work have lessened and now we're not sure how to spend our time. Uh, for me, for, for me, my job is you. So my responsibilities so far have, have actually increased. So there's more to get done. Some of us are working from home, trying to, to get work done and also maybe take care of a family. Our, our kids are at home. I know it probably only took one week of trying to homeschool for all of us parents to realize that we can confirm teachers, you do not get paid enough. 
If you are a teacher, I might would say if you want to renegotiate your salary when this thing is over, I think that'd be a great time for it. Because at that point, when this is done, I think we'll just say, take all the money, just take our kids back to school. Some of us are uh, we're suddenly out of work or will be out of work soon. Some of us own businesses and we're not sure what's going to happen to them. Some of us are medical professionals and we're having to walk towards what everyone else is trying to run away from. Others of us are worried about how we're going to make it financially. Some of us were close to retirement and watched helplessly as our retirement accounts plummeted in the past few weeks. Not even sure what retirement's going to look like now. The stock market is imploding. I don't even know what the right word is, imploding. We've got families in our, in our churches who are going to have babies in the next few months, right when hospitals are expected to be increasingly in full crisis mode. We've had people whose weddings have had to change, college grads who probably won't get to walk across the stage now. Everybody with a March birthday is having the saddest birthday parties ever. We're worried about food. We're all out of toilet paper for some reason. I don't know why. We're on increasing levels of lockdown. So there's all this circumstantial stress and then there's pressure combined with higher levels of isolation than, than any of us normally experience. So some of us are finding that social distancing is our new favorite thing, at least so far, while others of us are already, just a few days in, growing increasingly lonely, feeling isolated, especially for those of us who have to live alone. We're dealing with that isolation and potentially uh, more difficult ways, just the reality of lack of human interaction and even human touch is unsettling. It can be unsettling. And some of us have friends and family who are in weak health and we can't even be there for them. We can't go and be beside them, which is what we want to do. So with all of this and wherever you're at in it, we just feel very weak and very uncertain. We feel very vulnerable. We feel exposed. And we don't know how long any of this is going to last and everything seems so uncertain. As James says in verse 14, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And so instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So in James's typical abrupt style, he says, we don't know what's gonna happen, but we know the God who does. We know the reigning king of heaven who is moving all of creation towards his final ends of a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no more sickness and no more disease. We know the sovereign Lord of all creation who is mysteriously working all things for the good of those who love him. We know the God who is willing to do this amazing thing to harness the very forces of nature and to control the events of human history so that a certain time his son would come and live the life we couldn't live and die the death we should have died and conquer sin and conquer death and the resurrection. Not so that our lives would be more comfortable and not so that we would have temporary happiness and not so that things would be easy, but for something way more glorious. He did all of this so that we could be recipients of spiritual rescue and restoration. You and I are not just in need of comfort. We're not just in need of, of predictability. We're not just in need of a vaccine. We're in need of a redeemer. 
And the cross teaches us that God is able and willing to bring the best things ever out of the worst things ever. And it's through the cross that Jesus purchases for us the blood-bought promise that he now works all things for good for those who are called according to his purposes. In times like these where we're most aware of our weakness, it means we're in best position to be recipients of God's grace. So when peace like a river attendeth my way and when sorrows like sea billows roll, it can be well with my soul. And in God's kingdom, suffering and even viruses are our slaves. They serve to make us more like Christ. Even if they take our life, they do so while giving life to our spirit. So as we head to the next few weeks and all the uncertainty they hold, I just wanna encourage us towards the Godward shift in perspective that James advocates for. We're all in a season of unprecedented change and disorientation, and the reality is it's a very unique opportunity for us as well. I just want to encourage us with an application today that we would go to God with a posture of heart where we ask, Lord, what would you have for me in all of this? And so for some of us, it's God, I am incredibly vulnerable, and if I get this, it could go badly. So what do you have for me in this? Maybe it's, God, I'm stressed out. I'm in charge of my business. I'm terrified of an uncertain future. What do you have for me in this? What do you have to teach me? What do you have for me to learn? What do you have for me to grow in? What do you wanna do in my heart and in my mind and in my soul through all of this? Maybe it's, uh, God, I generally don't care about anything unless it affects me personally. So what do you have for me in this? God, I might lose my job. God, I'm eaten up with anxiety even when life is normal. So what do you have for me in this? Lord, I tend to think I have everything under control and I'm well aware right now that that is an illusion. So what do you have for me? God, my children are relying on me to lead them. I don't even know how to think about it for myself. God, my wedding, my plans, my job, all my dreams for this season of life are blown up. God, I'm already lonely. We're only a few days into this. I don't know how I'm gonna make it. So Lord, what do you have for me in this? And all of us are learning right now that the statement, you do not know what tomorrow will bring, is truer than we ever realized. And I believe that there are lots of other things like that that the Lord has for us in this season. Lots of other truths that he wants to settle into our hearts in profound ways, just like that one. And they're gonna, different from, they're gonna be different from person to person, but I don't want, them, I don't want to miss them. I don't want us to, to just zone out spiritually and watch Netflix until the whole thing is over. I actually want us to learn all that God would have for us to learn. I want us all, Lord willing, to come out of this terrible pandemic alive, not just physically, but spiritually, spiritually enlivened with new boldness and insight to share with the world, reeling from having its foundations shook underneath them. I want the first gathering that we're allowed to have again after all this to be so full of God's power and joy because it's full of Christians who are now more powerful in God's spirit because of a circumstance that they never saw coming. So Lord, what do you have for us in this? 
May that be our spirit and our posture through the coming days and weeks and through whatever they bring with them. Let me pray for us. God, we, we just have our hands open to you in all of this. Lord, we do not know what tomorrow will bring, but you do. And so we ask that whatever comes, God, that you would use it for your glory and that you would use it for our good. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Be safe. Hope to see you soon.